This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 499, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. No sleep till! Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 499. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. They are both two people who live on the West Coast who are now on the East Coast. This is this is like uh, old school iFanboy time. Yeah, yeah. Ron and I are in New York and Josh is not. I'm in my basement. <laughs> uh, guess which of us is more likely to hear sirens? <laughs> and or rogue clocks get ready for sound effects it's gonna be like a radio show Over Dude, Foley, yeah I, I got my celery and my uh yeah, oh, i left my clown horn upstairs oh. i don't keep my clown horns in the basement because of humidity issues right yeah no you don't want that rubber to warp in, yeah. the, in the in the bulb hang on i'll plug in my electric guitar and then <laughs> add really clunky stingers to everything <laughs> so we're iFanboy. We like comic books. Every week we read a bunch of them, or we have a mercifully light week. And one of us picks their favorite uh, book. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books, some other stuff, some things. You get the thing that gets the boom. Read some listener mail. It's a whole shebang of fun. Here's your spoiler warning. There are spoilers. Deal with it. Connor. <laughs> I'm, I, I, no niceties I'm, for Josh. He's a no, business. Yep. Connor, you had the pick. Oh, we're talking about this again. Astro City 26. And uh, what was interesting, and I didn't know until I finished reading, was that this is the anniversary, the 20th anniversary of the book. What, what the, the large text on the cover that said 20 years didn't tip it off to you? No, I don't look at the covers. <laughs> I don't the, either. It's one of the benefits of reading digitally. I just don't look at the covers. Oh, wow. All right. So this was the 20th anniversary of Astro City. And it was interesting because reading it, I was wondering... Why we were doing this issue because it's it's a recalls the very first issue of Astro City, in which Samaritan can't sleep, can't do anything really because he's so busy trying to save everybody. And here we sort of return to that theme. I thought, wow, this would be a great final issue. This isn't the final issue, is it? But then I re- then I read the the text in the back saying it was the anniversary of the first issue. So I thought, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but this is basically it's not a redo. It's uh. The Samaritan is having, and he's the he is the Superman analog of this book. If you don't know Astro City, it's Kurt Busiek, Kurt, Brent Anderson, and Alex Ross's uh, take on superheroes and the superhero aesthetic. I wouldn't call it. What would you call it? A pastiche of superheroes? Mm, I don't know. It's like he built like an analog superhero universe. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's 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 Kurt Busiek's vision of a superhero world, and it's got pastiches or tropes from both Marvel and DC, but it's neither of them. It's it's become its own thing, you know. But yeah, but it's very much has it has meta ties to the superheroes that we all grew up with, including Kurt Busiek that he grew up, yeah, writing letters to. So in this issue, uh, Samaritan again, he's having trouble. He's actually having much worse trouble than normal. You know, he's he's he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's 
as as I said, the first and last line of defense for a lot of things in in this world. And uh, all he wants to do is fly. That's what he that's what he dreamed in the first issue. And that's what he's dreaming here is just fly without care, without worry, and just en- get to enjoy what he can do. But his dreams are getting worse. He's got more anxiety. He's getting sick, and wondering uh, is something wrong with him. Is he being attacked? What's happening? And uh, so I, I I liked this sort of play on the first issue. It's a definitely a, a reward mm-hmm. for folks who've been reading all that time. I was like, oh, that's that first issue. Because that is a stellar first it's issue. one of the best first single comics yeah. ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, just those, those like angelic shots of him flying naked through the air, you know, in that first issue. And that's where this picks up as well, but with like a different, like, I don't, rem- I don't have the first issue handy, but it wasn't like an, this, this issue. You had him flying in like an orangey kind of twilight kind of lighting, where I think originally it was bright blue, middle of the day kind of you know blue skies, you know lighting. But this is more ominous. There's red, yeah. red skies everywhere, uh-huh. and uh, he's feeling a lot of um, consternation about what's going on with him. And uh, we get to see through through this story. This is actually not a terrible way to to jump into the book if you haven't read before, because you get to meet a lot of the major players in this world yep. uh, through the story as they try to figure out what is wrong with him, and also. You know they have to put him into a little coma to to fig to so they can test him. But if you put him into a coma, everyone in the world's going to know he's not around because he's constantly around, and they're going to unleash hell, which is what happens. So all the other major players in the Astro City world have to defend uh, things while he's being tested. And yeah, he he goes to see the 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 first family, which is the Fantastic Four send up, and the the uh, the the Reed Richards of that of that family. You know, says that I can look into it, but I need I need you to be at, I need to analyze you for fourteen hours. That's <laughs> fourteen hours of the world can't have Samaritan, and so they figure. Out, I thought that was kind of clever how they you know how they, how they manage that, where they sent out like uh, replicas to be flying to be spotted around the world to fool people, and so yeah, just like clever clever problem, you know. Yeah, and it just this really touches on what's so great about Astro City is that this is there's a wonderful set of characters here who are send-ups or pastiches of, of characters you know, but they have their own personalities, their own lives, their own things. That, they're different. I mean, Samaritan is not Superman, even though he's the Superman yeah. of this world. And uh, he's great, he, blue hair and all. And, uh, you know, Brent Anderson has been taking some issues off lately, but he, he's doing this one, and it, it really doesn't feel exactly right unless he's drawing this book. Yeah, and, th- and this was, and this being the twentieth anniversary, and the the callback to that first issue was so great. But it was also neat. There was a bunch of little neat little nods, like because they're they've introduced new characters since that yep. twenty years ago. So to see Samaritan interact with some of those new characters was neat. There was also little moments that just kind of made me laugh. Like, so I guess he got a promotion or changed jobs in his in his civilian thing. I don't remember him being uh, the manager, like having he was a novelist or something. No, he, didn't he work at the newspaper where he had the machine that was like that was. Um, Anal- that was like he had the machine that was listening for what was going on in the world, but then was u- but was also doing his job for him when he was out saving stuff. He I thought like it was alien tech or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, but here, he's here. He's got a in, a in his office. He's got a nameplate that says he's manager of the verification department. And what I liked was was because what, what happened, the the premise here is that he's been infected by something that's that's causing him str- internal strife, and he's not getting sleep. He's having these bad dreams, and he's kind of off his game. And this is this is shown in how snappy he is to his to his employees. Where, you know, where he says, "Do you have to jump at me when I'm barely ten feet in the door?" Like I was like, I was like "Wow, that's uh, that's oddly realistic." It's, <laughs> he's also like then, slump shouldered and. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then later on in the issue, when after Mr. First tells them that he needs to be down for 14 hours and they do kind of a montage of doing all the planning, there's one shot of the first family and Samaritan all at computers letting people know. <laughs> just like, I don't know, for some reason I found that panel to be really like, well, let's let let's email everybody. You know? <laughs> it's a just David distribution list. Yeah. Just heroes at AstroCity.com. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's got such great humanity. And, and, and the, I mean, what makes Astro, I mean, we talked about Astro City when I picked it a couple of weeks ago, you know, and what continues to make this so great is it's the, it's that balance of superheroics and humanity that Busiek does. Like, he's one of the best superhero writers around. And it just, like, every, every time you read something about this, it's completely different than anything Marvel or DC ever has done or will do for some reason. It's got that uniqueness. That's because his thing is flying around butt naked with his girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's that about, by the way? <laughs> Super junk flapping in the wind. Also, how does she sleep with those wings? I Look, know. Yeah. On a cloud. The wing <laughs> thing is one of those things that we have in comic books learned to accept. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> Warren just... can just put those under a sport coat and they don't show through. <laughs> if I put a wallet. <laughs> in a sport coat, it ruins the whole thing. But he can have two gigantic strong wings. Sure. And if they're, they're metal, whatever. Yeah. That like that won't tear fine Italian fabric. <laughs> it's like it's like Steve's old shield. He used to put it on under his shirt and just throw a shirt on and suddenly it disappeared. It's like yeah. wait, wait a minute. I do like the Samaritan and Win Victory are now are like a, are a couple. Like I was like, oh, because it was kind of you know, are they, aren't they, you know? But like this is fairly definitive. They is. They is, which is good. It's 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 basically Superman and Wonder Woman being together. So well, that was appropriate um, since for them to do it here. Um, I, I related to this issue. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Tell it like it is, Samaritan." He's 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 getting all cranky with his coworkers, and <laughs> that, that's what you related shit, to. <laughs> shit's just they're always he's always getting asked for stuff. Oh, <laughs> hit you where you lived. I can stop, I had to stop reading it. <laughs> it's not like did it stress you like, out too? Yeah. I used to dream about riding a bike. Now I can't even do that. There's something going on. I gotta go do something else. <laughs> oh, God. oh God, it's the same thing. That's crazy. <laughs> no, <me>, Kurt. <laughs> and but that—that's what makes it that—that's what makes it so good is that somehow you know a regular person like Josh can relate to these characters. <laughs> just a you know? just a just a dude. Yeah, just a just a just dude. Slob. It's not like this is the first time a superhero comic has everyone made him feel. Oh, I, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> that he didn't. He didn't invent that wheel. It's like up until everyone's like, it's just so fantastic. I've never been able to. Well, no, he didn't invent it, but he's now. real. He's really good at it. Very good at it. It's also yeah, that's like right on the nose for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's totally on the nose for me. Zero right in. In your in your dreams when you're riding your bike, are you naked? Uh, no, that sounds like a disaster. <laughs> it's a bad idea. What's the worst thing about that? Um, I didn't even think of that, but. No, not so much. It's not running. I mean, you actually have a physical object separating your thighs. Uh, somewhere, no, but, between... I mean, but I feel like it goes back to that Seinfeld episode where, like, doing th- there are certain things you're not supposed to do naked. And, like, fi- you know, like, when the, and the girl is fixing the bike. Like, that's not one yeah. of them. Like, bicycles and nakedness don't go together. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, like, the very, the main component of, of cycling clothing is, is protecting the taint. Right. <laughs> so, well, right away. Well, that's what's so disturbing about like how Portland and San Francisco and other wacky cities like that sometimes do the naked bike ride every couple yeah, of years. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't yeah, want no, to no. do that to my I've, I've, anyway. I've seen it drive by, and it's horrifying. Like you, it sounds like oh, naked people cool, but like no, naked people and bicycles do not mix. Like no. word of warning, don't do it. There's a sweat. Yeah, not good. Mixed. It's the, it's the movement of the legs. 
right? I mean, it just—it just—it's the body's moving in ways that aren't flattering. To be honest, my my mountain bike is a high-end leather saddle, and I don't—I don't—I need oh. to treat it better than that. <laughs> you can't sweat on it. You can't sweat on it, right? Not only that's yeah. just one. Do you have special much. bike seat oil that you use on the leather? Or? No, no. It's not like a baseball mitt. No, it gets it gets pretty it worn down. It's like you yeah. know, it's like sand and uh, moisture. Yeah. It's good. It's fine. So that was Astro City 26. That was the pick of the week. Was it? Clearly, it touched Josh deep down <laughs> in his taint. <laughs> like a naked man on a bike saddle. But a book very, very close to being pick of the week was 1872 number two, and 1872 right? number one was also my pick of the week. And I right? And yep. uh, I'm happy as long as this book stays a mile and a half away from anything going on in the battle world. And keep showing us that map. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I was like the beginning, I was like, hey, look, there's that map. Well, I know someone's happy about that. <laughs> uh, this was I, I, wonderful again. I, it, really, it really was. It was actually better than the first one, I thought. Uh, it was a ton of fun to read, and it was like, there were a lot of like, oh, they did that. Can I spoil? I guess I could yeah, yeah. spoil it. We, we warned you, you, them You already. very, very terribly yeah. warned them. I know, but this is one of those things that I don't know that a lot of people are reading. So they killed Steve Rogers. The dream is dead. They shot him through the heart from behind, and I don't know how you come back from that. Um, yeah. Well, you, you could come back from that. As being eaten by the pigs is what you probably can't come back from. That was the other thing, right? They fed him to the pigs. So, like, Jerry Duggan's <laughs> not using terribly original Western sort of uh, motifs. I don't care. <laughs> the other thing that I really liked, I, I loved the, the scene at the beginning. It was yes. the flashback to 1862. And Stark is having a lovely sort of uh, picnic on the it's hill. A war picnic, like they used to have during the Civil War, and watch the they, watch they the young men that. fighting. Yep, they, yep, that's an actual thing that happened. And he thought, oh, they're just going to show them these repeating guns that I that I made, and then that will end the war. And that was sort of what happened. Yeah, so Stark basically invents the machine gun, gives it to the Union Army, and thinks that they will use it to uh, as a to, deterrent to, to cow the southern the southern side into into giving up. Instead, they just massacre them. Yeah. It's like it's it's basically like like an, a nuclear weapon where you know it exists as a deterrent and then we just assume that nobody will use it and then they just go and use it. And so that's why he you know the cutscene is to him passed out drunk in the street because he's got <laughs> a lot of guilt over clearly what what happened with his weapons. But you're right, this is a great. There's a big old shootout in the middle of town. Steve Rogers and Red Wolf against Bullseye and all those hitmen that have come to kill them. And then uh, Steve takes it in the back with knocking his. His star off of his chest, and then at the end, is that Thor, who shows up to uh, to tell uh, Tony his fortune? There's a big old blonde guy with long blonde hair and no shoes. I don't know. I I do know that. I don't think so. I feel like there would be more. There'd be more um, uh, qualified, more things yeah. to denote him as that. I do know that apparently that one character was Doctor Octopus. Yes, I was gonna say we we answered who the fat round guy was. It was not the owl. Yeah, and then the other one's Grizzly, so I guess that's the character from the Ant-Man book? Sure. If you say I so. Guess. It's um, fine. But now, uh, Tony's, thought, now Tony's on a road to redemption because Steve yeah. is dead, and he, someone's got to save the town from Mayor Fisk. He's going to make armor, which I was, I'm kind of on. The, I was like, I don't really want him to make armor. I liked that they were just you know, the pure versions of themselves, but I guess he has to make armor. So the, the, the guy, the barefoot guy, was, was, is an Indian, is a... He comes out of he comes out of a tent. Mm-hmm. Oh, puts, that's he, him up there. Yeah, I see. yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's got a little. He's got a little. That star is it? Is it? Is it Captain Marvel? Maybe or oh, Nova? Is it Quasar? Nova? Maybe it's yeah. Nova. That guy's Nova for Nova. no reason. Yeah, we'll there find out. Yeah. He'll tell us. I liked how the vision is the fortune teller. 
<laughs> that was clever. But it, I, I was getting worried because, you know, all of these books eventually have tied back into stupid fucking Emperor Doom. And uh, yeah. so every, yeah. every time they mentioned the war, well, in the beginning when they mentioned the war, I thought, oh, God, no, it's here we go. Yeah. But it's uh, so far so good. They've stayed away from all that stuff. Yeah. I love this. Again, once again, looked wonderful. Yeah. It's oh, yeah it, looks, it looks great. This, I mean, like, I want this book to be forever. Yeah. I would totally read the book set in this in an 1872 Marvel Western world. In the town of Timely. I love it. You and me and six others. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as Jerry knows that we'd like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. It's really, really good. I was like, okay, the first one, that's a fluke. It tickled all my whatever. And, you know, it'll be fine. The second one, I was like, this was even better than the first. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Black Widow as, the, as Bucky's widow. Yeah, and, you know, she's all mad. The and... problem is he's setting up a lot of interesting stories here. And if, he, if, if, if they're not explored, I'm going to be upset. How long is this going to go for? Exactly. <laughs> what is the mystery? Like, you're on borrowed mystery? time. You're lucky you've gotten these two issues. Yeah, no, that's totally how I look at comics at this point. <laughs> what is the mystery of Bucky's murder? Clearly, there's something going on there, and I'd like to know what it was. Yeah. I, I don't. How long is this whole Secret Wars thing supposed to last? Fourteen still... years, apparently. <laughs> I didn't say how long does it feel like it's been. Oh. <laughs> it's different. Than just a year, I guess. I don't know. Is it a whole year? Fu- no. You guys, fu- you guys are funny when you react to each other. That's good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Gold. I uh, no, just... I think it's over like this fall, right? Like September? I think one of the things that makes our show great is that we compliment ourselves in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so smart, Ron. So smart and sharp. <laughs> Welcome hey, listen, to the Weekend I just Update. Want you, I want you to know I appreciate you. That's all. Welcome to Weekend Update. I'd just like to mention that the sketch that came right before this one was pretty <laughs> excellent. Really Let's get good. on with the jokes. <laughs> so, um, Ron, are you sound reading? was off on this on the musical guest. But are please. you reading Archie, Ron? I am reading Archie. Archie number two came out this week, and the one before getting to the issue itself, I think the one downfall of this whole Archie reboot, which includes this book and uh, Afterlife with Archie, is that these books just never come out. Yeah, well, that's that's their biggest problem. Yeah, it's like it's like they hook you, they get you to the point where you like where where you you know like oh wow I want more of that, and then you got to. But that said. Archie number one came out about a month ago. Yeah, I mean, that's what it came out. Like. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this one is isn't that bad, but they do. It's not as bad as Afterlife with Archie. I think which has four. Yeah, years, I think but. I think you're a little I think you're a little uh, hurt over Afterlife with Archie. But isn't that the trade off? Sure. I mean, like uh, you're, you're like we want to have this creative talent on these books, you know? Right, but at the same time, it's like you know, four months between issues is a long time to remember what's going on. Yeah. Sure. So this issue is called "It's Better Than Forsyth," which is the background of Jughead. His real yep. name is Forsyth P. Jones the Third, and he was the richest kid in town until his family lost all their money, and he went from being the most popular kid in town to being derisively called Jughead because they lost their money in a water jug scheme. <laughs> Those water jug schemes, you got to be careful. <laughs> I think that's I think that's been the main source of the Mets problem for the past ten years. It was an awful water jug scheme. <laughs> water jug pyramid schemes, they'll get you every time. <laughs> Um, so uh, this issue is Betty dating Prince. I, it looks like it, which is which is fine by me. You know? It's just funny. Like he just looks like exactly like Prince. Yeah, the guy in Riverdale. <laughs> I don't know if it's the well. For, first off, I love the breaking up of the chapters. I yeah. think that's great. I, I have no problem with that. I love the, I love Prince. Mm-hmm. I just felt as if the art fell down a step this issue compared to issue one. Hmm. Could be. You know, and I don't know if it's if it's because Fiona's not coloring it herself, where she whereas she colors Saga, and if that's the difference or not, right? You know, or if she's just rushing it to get to, back to the job that pays a lot more than this. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. The art just I, I felt suffered a little with this issue. Yeah, so I don't know. I like I liked in the very very beginning Jughead uh, eating burgers off of a silver platter. <laughs> well, that's what we do when you're super rich. That's what rich yeah. people do. Exactly. Uh, there's a, a couple of instances here where I thought it really showed through that middle-aged men are writing teenagers. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of the slang and stuff. Yep. But then again, I'm not that much younger than Mark Wade, and I'm much older than teenagers, so maybe I'm all wrong. Maybe they are saying those words. Yeah, I don't know. I know th- you are at the point where a- anything will just sound odd, so you, you, you don't even know. Yeah. They seem to like Snapchat. That's all I know. <laughs> not in this issue. Yeah, no, right. just the young people in general. Oh, in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> see, the thing I worry about is that that's already over by the time I know it. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, they've moved on to, like that, that ad I used to see on Hulu about the woo-woo. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? There's like an ad for woo-woo and these two guys, like it's, it's not like the product isn't woo-woo, the fake product in the ad is. And the two men, it's a, like Adobe, I think. And the two men get in the elevator and they hear some like hip young folks talking about woo-woo and they go up into their office and they tell everybody, we got to get everybody on woo-woo and the whole office goes at it and then like the next day they're on the elevator and they're like, you still on woo-woo? Nah, that's over. And, and so like the old people are like, no. Oh, yes. I've seen that ad, yes. Okay, thank you. I had to go all the way through it so that I didn't feel alone. I apologize to everyone. No, else. no, no, no. Now that you said, it, I know what you're talking about. So, Ron, I really just want to know why Archie and Betty broke up. Well, yeah. Well, that, that's the real gist, right? That's what that. That's that's the woo woo. <laughs> that's right. That that's, that's what that that's the that's, that's the, right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing that, that that Wade dropped in the first issue, and now we're and that's why we're reading every issue to find out what happened. You know, I would rather see the Adventures of Prince. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say I would read that. <laughs> the, the, Mark Wayne and Fiona uh, do uh, The Adventures of Prince in Riverdale. There's that one panel when Betty says, dude, hands where I could see him. It literally is Prince. Yeah. yeah. It really is. They just didn't want to say it because of licensing issues. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and he's quite suave, the scene before that, where he grabs, he grabs her. <laughs> no, I don't have this. Is he in a purple suit? No, no, well, no, but he is in a collared shirt that's buttoned all the way to the top, and and it's got that little flap so you can't see the buttons. Anything Minnesota y about him? It's the hair. It's the hair. And a little it's mustache. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll show you later. Trevor, is that his name? Yes. A ridiculously ornate guitar, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. He actually, it just it just comes down from the sky. He plays it and he throws it back up. <laughs> Every time he talks, there's an organ behind that plays. <laughs> <laughs> and smoke. Smoke billows around him at all times. A little purple motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> Dearly Betty, I brought you here today. <laughs> Ron just did an impersonation. I know. I, I... <laughs> of Prince. And pretty close, too. It wasn't bad, relatively speaking. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. It was an Italian guy. Which is what they all sound like. <laughs> is that supposed to be Italian? No, it's my Russian guy. Oh. Interesting. Oh, so birthright number 10, I like the fact that every time you think the characters are going to go one way, like this guy is really actually good, they just keep saying, nope, this nope. is not the way it's going. This guy is still really bad. In fact, he's worse than you thought because he's actually going to try to corrupt his, his brother. I liked exactly that thing about this issue, and so I'm done talking. <laughs> no, no I was, it was the same thing. I was like, all right, they're going to get on with this, and it's going to change the story direction. To be No, look at that. All right, all right. Well played, Mr. Williamson. That's yeah, this, what I said. This continues to be excellent. Ron, do you read Birthright? Uh, I do, but admittedly I'm behind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Spoiler. 
Yeah, that's all right. It's fine. I mean, I, yeah, but it's it's great. I mean, I love the art on it. I, I think it's one of the best like premises, and it's fantastic. I'm gonna catch up on it. I just need to catch up. So, yeah, I also like that uh, the world is bleeding in. You know, now his girlfriend from the other dimensions here, and she's hanging out with the mom, who's now the grandmother. I think uh, that is a much needed subplot, yes. actually. So that was actually a really good structural move to make that happen because a like we spent I don't know like the first half of the series just going. Well, the mom's kind of a jerk, right. uh, and she's gotten over that in a sense and moved on. And now, like you know, her and the winged pregnant girl are in are in play as well. So you can sort of have two different buddy comedy road movies going on. Doesn't pass the Bechdel test, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, well, moving on. Um, so Astro City's all well and good, but my God, Star Wars number eight is pick of the week for me. Mm-hmm. Josh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I, I don't think it was my pick of the week, but I'm definitely in a different place than Connor. <laughs> why? Why did you not think it was big? Stuart Eminem. Oh my God, it was beautiful. No, no, no. you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, as I've said many times, uh, I abs- there's there is nobody in comics who draws better than Stuart Eminem. Yeah, there are people who are as good, perhaps, but there's nobody better. And a- as a comparison to what was happening before, it's it's a remarkable improvement. Fewer melty faces. No, no, it's Stuart. No Eminem. melty faces. It's it's Eminem doing great. Eminem, he can draw these characters without making them look look creepy. His Han body language is particularly on point. I think literally half of the f- is on fleek. Josh Han is doing. Uh, he's he's putting his hands up and they're like what? Yeah, yeah, like full half of the panels. In that same way, like Jason Aaron really has that Han Solo voice down, and and not just like Han Solo, like Episode Four Han Solo. Yeah. It's yep. it's very like beleaguered upon like I it's I didn't just not my fault it's over right. and over and over and that was nice there was it was a good it was a good book uh, I think it's a, a really nice change I'm glad that Eminem is going to end up getting a massive paycheck from it I don't love the the story. other wife <laughs> yeah the the uh, the the Sana the, yeah character? basically yeah. that just seemed to go on for a, a while. Yeah, she, she was like, "Is my wife? She's not my wife." And then they just did that like six times, and then they called down the thunder, and, and that's sort of where we left off. Yeah. Uh, um. So I don't think it would be pick of the week, but I thought it was really good. Um, I I, I, th- I mean I just thought I agree yeah, I agree with everything you said about Eminem. I thought he's doing that. He's dancing that line of drawing people that we know what they look like in a way that doesn't look photo reference, but still gets their essence. Yeah, like, honestly, honestly, there's there's a couple of panels. There's a panel of Leia that is like spot on in that sense. Yeah, there's a couple of panels of Luke, like Luke in the cockpit of the X-wing, and then there's a shot of of him when he's on the on Narshada. Yeah, you, yeah, the the you Luke know. actually had that really young look. From, yes. from the first movie, and I was like, that pre-accident. looks exactly like him. Yeah, pre accident, pre accident. Yep, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And in this, this you can just keep him there. Yeah, totally. There's no reason to change it, but he does have that, you know. That eighteen, nineteen-year-old look that he had in that. Yeah, the um, little the, the wisps of the hair, the late seventies yeah, hair. It yeah, it works. Yeah. It yeah. works a lot in sort of making him look out of his depth, but have this sort of unearned confidence that he sort of goes around with. Yeah. Um, so is Lobot in this at all? No, Lobot's not in it. But that is related to my only criticism. And in the first, the first two pages is a big double-page spread of the. Uh, there's a star destroyer that's chasing uh, Han and Leia. Um, or or chasing a stolen shuttle that that ha- or you know that whatever so they're they're coming they're bearing down on Hanalea and um, I gotta give Eminem credit he draw he drew the hell out of the Tie Fighter pilot 
like the 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 intricacies of of the helmet and all that stuff like that. But my only criticism, similar to La- to the Lobot in Lando, is that uh, Jason Aaron wrote dialogue for the Tie Fighter pilot that wasn't just uh, affirmation. So the 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 Tie Fighter pilot get mm-hmm. the b- Tie Bomber pilot gets his orders to you know see, you know set the skies on fire. You have to find the ships, and the Tie Fighter pilot says, "Aye, aye, Captain." And then under his breath, he goes, "I love my job." And stormtroopers and Tie Fighter pilots don't say that. You want to just, just keep them fit? Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. In the first movie, they were they were yes. talking. Yeah, the, tra- yes. the tractor beam controls. They new, were. Uh, well, yeah, I, don't know what, they were, I don't know what the thing was. They're talking was probably about a, tra- a car. It's probably it's probably He's another chit chatting. Yeah, but that is established. Yeah, but I don't know about the I love my job. Like like that was just I don't know. It just felt to me it, it took me out of it. I don't know. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a flag on that one. Yeah. All right, all right. I, well, maybe I, I'm I mean, wrong. You can have a problem with it, obviously, but yeah. I think that that's on you. I we never heard any TIE fighter pilots say anything. They're just stormtroopers. Yeah, I know, I know. They're not any different if the stormtroopers can do it, then they can do it. That's not Lobot. It's well Lobot, yeah, it's not it's not low. as bad as the Lobot. Low. Low. Although hey, low. I have a feeling that that next, I know we're talking about a different book. I have a feeling that next Lando, after Lobot's been pretty much killed, maybe he'll come back a little more reticent. Oh, let's hope if we're lucky. But anyway, but Star Wars number uh, Star Wars number eight kicks off the arc with him in it, and I just, I just, I, it's, I'm all about it. So uh, I loved it. It was fantastic. He's really, um, I mean, like, I, he's just one of those guys that, like, I know that he's well regarded. And I'm like, why he, this guy should be? He's the best. He's actually really interesting because when he's. You know, a long time ago, he had a completely different style. Sure, yeah. And I loved him. I loved him then. He was one of my favorite artists back then, and he evolved. And I think we watched him evolve over the course of Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. He sees that that's where his, his style sort of blended together, and now it's this new style. And it's I feel like he can do different styles though. Oh, totally. Like I, He's can 100% I mean, do it. like like what we're looking at here is just one of the things he does. He's like a jerk. Then he's a yeah. jerk. Oh, totally. Oh, no. If I'm another artist, I'm just like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on, though, if you uh, like this show and like what we do here at iFanboy and want to help support us, you absolutely can. And, and we appreciate anybody who chooses to do that support. Uh, you can go to iFanboy.com support where you can uh, find various links and ways to uh, help out, help on the effort. Uh, there's a link there to uh, shop at Amazon.com, the online retailer that's taking over the world, whether uh, their employees like it or not. But uh, just Ooh. click on that, click on that link, and I did have some thoughts. <laughs> click on that link, and uh, all you got to do is do your shopping, and then we get a little bit of a cut from Amazon. No money comes from you. It's the easiest way to help us out in the process, and we thank everybody who uses that link and shops on Amazon. If you want a more direct way, if you actually want to give us your money and not Amazon's money, you can sign up for a membership where you can pay for three bucks a month or 30 bucks a year uh, to become a iFanboy preferred member or you can do a direct donation via PayPal and just uh, send us 20 bucks we, we appreciate that um, and it helps keep the lights on help keep the server running and uh, we thank everybody for their support so go to iFanboy.com support and uh, thank you from on behalf of all of us you want to know about a guilty thing that I have going on what's Uh-oh. a guilty thing well Ed Pisker was uh, he he'd sent us books a long time ago he was a he was a big fan and and he he sent us the books of his uh, his Kevin Mitnick book. What was it called? Uh, it was the oh, top uh, shelf book. Well, it was self published at the time, and then it went. Well, to WYSIWYG. Book. WYSIWYG, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I liked it a lot. And I read it, and I've been watching him do these hip hop family tree books uh, yep. for a while. Uh, and and I keep going. I'm gonna I gotta buy some of those books, and I really want to, and I have not. And then this week is the week that 
uh, the first issue came out, and I, I didn't get it either. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, so you might have heard about Hip Hop Family Tree, uh, published by Fanagraphics by Ed Pisker, um, which is basically Ed Pisker telling the history of hip hop. It's been released in, you know, kind of graphic novel format. There have been three volumes so They're far. Big- Treasury kind of books. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did. They did. Yeah, they kind of did graphic novels. Then they they did a big uh, gift box set of volumes one and yep. two, and all this sort of stuff. They're pretty cool. Um, they've gotten a lot of attention and a lot of. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. So what they've done now is they what Fantagraphics is doing is they're taking that work from the graphic novel format and releasing an issue format. And so this first issue starts off. So it's similar. So if you've already bought Volume One, you don't need to get this issue because you've already read it. But if you're curious about it and you're not quite sure if you wanted to plop down the full, you know, thirty bucks or whatever it is for the um, for the volumes, this is a great way to spend four bucks and get a sample of it. And what you get from it is not only really cool, you know, really good uh, music history, you know, from from a hip hop standpoint, but Ed Pisker went to great lengths to make the comic look like comics from the time of the stories that he's telling. It's and really doing, good. Yeah, by doing that, he's a, you know aged the pages, has done it to similar, you know, and in the back of the book, there's actually, and, and, and here's a reason why you might want to get it, regardless, there's a director's commentary by Ed Pisker in the back, full text, you know, maybe about like, counting here, like six pages worth of text that is like basically kind of like the From Hell annotations. Where for each page he explains what's going on each page and where he got the sources and who the people were and everything like that. But then also he explains the marriage of hip hop and comics as well as how comics influenced him to do the color guides and the look of the book and the panel borders and the dialogue effects and all stuff like that. So not only is it hip hop history but it's actually comics history too. Um, yeah. So a lot going on with this. Ed Pisker is one of the the best and brightest of our creator of you know creators in the you know kind of a non mainstream kind of side of things. Um, and this and this project is like a has has blown up. It's like it's it's like he's he's you know he's this is all he's going to be doing for a while now. He's so. super hardworking and super yeah. talented and committed and like it's just it's it's really cool to see him be so successful. Yeah, and I need to pick up those books. I don't want to bother because with because Ron, you're not a hip hop. Fan. No, I don't like. I don't like hip hop. I mean, personally, I don't like hip hop. I'm not a hip hop fan, but I, I appreciate. You know, I appreciate history, and I appreciate, especially, That's I appreciate like, music history. Is um, it like baseball? Like I don't really like baseball, but I love baseball history. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the thing is that like, you know, like I, I you know, like I know about Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel and all stuff like that. And I know about the origins of the music size. I, I I the the aspects of it I know, like the Beastie Boys and things like that, and, you know, New York City in the eighties, all that stuff I find fascinating. You know, just when it gets to the late nineties and two thousands, that's when you lose me. Oh, hip hop ended in nineteen ninety four. Good. Thank God. As far as I understand. Yeah. But yeah, no, so, so it's totally fascinating. So if, if you are a fan of hip hop, if you're a fan of comics, I mean, it, just check it out. Check this out because I mean, it's it, you know, I know the you know our buddy Jason over at Eleven O'clock Comics swears by this. He loves it because he's a huge hip hop fan. It's it's really really special and worthy of everything that uh, all the awards that it's gotten. Who published it? Uh, Fanographics. Okay. Wanted so. to check in on uh, Trees number twelve. 12. Uh, I haven't talked about it in a little bit. Um, and I just thought that this issue, like they, there was a bit of a sea change. The first uh, sort of arc had had everything that was going on in in Antarctica, and there was those flowers that came out, and the you know all those things. And we've kind of moved on from a lot of those things. And I really like the two storylines that are going on in here. Basically, there's one of them is the this sort of new mayor of New York, and watching him do his dealings with the police chief and all the pol- politics that come from a big city, but also that erupted from what happened by having one of those trees land in the city. And then the other one is one of the scientists from Antarctica is hired to do a project by the, by the 
like, almost like the British, like the a very secret arm of the British government. Um, and she has to she has to deal with that. I like this a lot. I, I was I just haven't checked in in a while. I'm still reading it. I'm still enjoying it. I, th- I still think Jason Howard's doing some of the best work I've ever seen him do. And you know what's funny is that it doesn't really feel like a Warren Ellis book. Like I kind of forget that it's Warren Ellis. It's very it's low key for him, I guess. Compared well, to what's I feel happened. like it, I feel like Trees is like the best Warren Ellis, at least for me. Like it's it, I I just find it it's the way science fiction side of Warren Ellis, but in a way that we haven't gotten before. I, I love it. I think it's it, it doesn't have that that. That it doesn't have that bombast, that bombast. Yes, yes, yeah. that edge to it that is like, look at what Spider Jerusalem can say. Yes, exactly. You strip that out of it. I, I mean, no, this is going way back, but what was that archery book that he did a really long time ago? Oh, uh, you guys loved it. Remember that? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, yeah. And that was so straightforward. Mm-hmm. It was just, it's very, almost. Very unlike him. Yeah, it's almost like, it's very similar to how, like, when Garth Ennis does a war story. It, it strips away all that stuff, and he just tells a, a straightforward story. This, I mean, they're different sort of ideas, but sort of same versions of, of their work, I guess. Yeah. So, no, I think you're right. It's, it's, a great, it's a great book. Yeah, it's an excellent book. You should be reading it. I am. Uh, on the Secret Wars thing, th- there's a couple of books I want to talk about here today that, that one of the, I think one of the best things about the whole Secret War, Summer of Secret Wars at Marvel and all this kind of battle world crap and all this sort of stuff you know, you've gotten the stuff you would expect. You've gotten the stuff that, you know, like like this week House of M came out and Guardians of Nowhere came out. Like the, these are all very, not by the numbers, but like, you know, like predictable. Let's just say that, you know. Mm-hmm. But they, they've given some creators the leeway and the ability to have fun. And, and so on the fringes of all this, that's kind of where I find myself in having the most uh, enjoyment. And uh, two books came out this week. The first one is Howard the Human. Which is um, uh, written by Scotty Young with art by Jim Mafood, and all basically it takes Howard the Duck and inverts it, and instead Howard is a human detective in a world of anthropomorphic animals, hmm. and just basically does the reverse of it, which is I thought was very clever. And as you can imagine, it's got you know Jim Mafood's you know kind of like very indie urban kind of you know like Scotty you know Scotty Young and Jim Mafood are very uh, simpatico creators from an art style I think, and yeah. it's clear, clear that they work well together. And Scotty you know Scotty just keeps on getting to be a better and better writer. And this is just a straight PI story, you know. But the whole key is that it's all it's reversed, it's inversed, inverted, which uh, I thought was clever. And where's so, Doom in all this? Uh, Doom was not mentioned in this that I that I noticed. That's the best um, way to go. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like a little Elseworlds tale, you know? I liked it. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I and it's, and it's a one it was a one shot. It's just not not no just one it it has a strong the end at the end of it. Well, around here we know not to take any of that <laughs> for granted. So we'll be back next week talking about Howard the Human number two. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I just I'm not gonna make the call. Yeah. I wanted good to check in uh, again on uh, Invincible one twenty two. That's crazy. Yeah. And it just keeps going. And it's one of those things like it feels like you're in the middle of a TV show that will never end. Not in the bad way. I know how that just sounded. That's like not, not like watching a True Detective episode. Thank you. Just me. Just me. I know. That was an easy, easy target. I'm halfway through the finale and I'm like, oh my God. It's just, I, <laughs> I liked just, it. I, I'm on the record someone, liking it, but anyway. Can yeah. someone just say something I can understand? <laughs> I think Colin Farrell's voice in that is worse than Christian Bale and Batman at this point. <laughs> just because it's like just, this, it's this gravelly but like restrained almost whisper, you know? Yeah, yeah like, and like yeah. and we have to we watch it after our kids go to sleep. So like, yeah. 
like Lindsay, my wife is like, oh, we're watching it, so it's it's whisper, whisper, shoot, shoot. So we're just turning it up and down and up and down. He's very, anyway. he's very, he he grunts a lot too. I mean, it just kind of does the, huh. yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway, so. this is more fun to talk about than Invincible One Twenty Two. <laughs> In this, basically, what we've got now is the ongoing adventures of uh, Mark and what's her name. Uh, as they go live on, yeah, Eve, as they go live on the alien uh, world where Alan lives and all of their misadventures. And it's sort of, it's like sort of sitcomish at this point. Like, I just like that they're like, well, we're going to do this for a while, which is the thing that, that Kirkman has done with this book for a really long time. But it never lost that energy because I always get the sense that Ryan Ollie is really having fun drawing what he, like, he's just all, like, you want to draw this? Go ahead. And, and, and he just gets to draw all this stuff that's fun. Uh, I mean, there's this sort of underlying tension now that that Mark is a dad and Eve is there with their kid, and you know they're trying to make it work. But but the alien world is very hard, which I think is all maybe it might be a, a, a very nice metaphor for parenthood if that's how you wanted to look at it. Uh, but he also kind of wants to go back to doing some heroing, but he's trying not to, and uh, it, it's good. It's still fun, and it, there's like this idea that a big the the you know a big showdown, everything is going to be blown up real soon. And I'm again. Still reading it, still enjoying it, just checking in that, that that's a thing that uh, is still out there. Ron, do you still read it? No. Interesting. Yeah, I just kind of fell off a little bit, and so I'll probably catch back up to it. I could see how it would be easy to fall off, but it would also yeah. be really easy to catch back up. So. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I said. I'll just I'll get a couple of trades, and I'll be back to current. It is, uh, it's very comfort foodie. I mean, it's almost like the closest thing that I have at this point to Ultimate Spider-Man. It's very much like that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's it's a, a single story told by a single creator about a single character, and he's growing and changing, which is what people say they want out of the superheroes. But yet they're not reading this book. I like that you've been back in New York for like six hours, and you just said superheroes. Superheroes. Um, uh, so the going? so the the other Secret Wars book that I enjoyed that came out this week was an anthology, which was a single issue anthology called Secret Wars: Secret Love. And it had about five stories set in the whole secret world. No, I don't even know what worlds they're on, what they do. They're just out there. It's just nonsense. <laughs> but the highlight was the, the, the lead story, which was uh, by Michel Fife of Copra fame. And he actually wrote and drew it. And uh, it was a Daredevil, Typhoid Mary, Karen Page love triangle story, uh, which was uh, like and done very, you know, in Fife's, you know, kind of unique art style, but very Frank Miller uh, you could tell he was kind of paying a little homage to Frank Miller, but that was just a delight. It was just wonderful. And then there was like there's a little Katie Cook story. There's uh, Marguerite Bennett wrote a story with art by Chris Anka, and so like just fun, fun little stuff like that. Little little romance stories set in the secret world. I thought that the Misty and Danny story was the best story. That was really good. Yeah, that was written by Jeremy Whitley and art by Guru Huru. Yeah, so there was that was Misty and Danny Rand. Then there was a what, what's her name, Ms. Marvel, Little Marvel. What's her big hand, Marvel? Ms. Marvel. Yeah, Ms. Marvel and wow. uh, Ms. Marvel. That's yeah, Ms. yeah, Ms. Marvel and the new uh, the new Ghost Rider, and then uh, the Marguerite Bennett Chris Anka story with Squirrel Girl and Thor, and then Katie Cook did a little Ant Man Wasp story. Ant Man, yeah. Were so, any of these stories called Invitation to Love? No, which they should have been. All right. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Well, that sounds fun. Yep. So we're gonna go call this uh, a tribute to Simon and Kirby, who invented the romance comic. Yes. Why not? So those are the books we're going to talk about this week. Go to That's where you can find the post for this show. You can talk about these books or other books you read this week. Uh, you can do all that over at ifanboy.com. And let's do some emails. You just got sexy on us. Well, you know. Sexy time. talking about love and yeah. you know, romance books. I figured I had to catch, catch up. Josh, it's an invitation to love. I don't get that joke. I know you didn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> so let's try to do a couple of these emails. Andrew M. from Santa Cruz, California writes and says, 
I have a question about the use of the term, it's not for everyone. Have any of you noticed that when someone says, this comic is great, but it's not for everyone, the term can generally be replaced with, this comic is great, but it's not catering to or directly targeting white men between the age of 20 and 40. <laughs> and it's not for everyone clause often skews toward negative criticism, as if any given comic should be able to satisfy everyone's particular taste. It's not as if traditional superhero comics are targeted to everyone either. To be clear about discussing if something's age-appropriate either, I think there is a difference between media being for everyone and being appropriate for all ages. I don't want to insinuate that those who use the term hold prejudice to those outside of the 20- to 40-year-old white male demographic, whether they truly believe everyone solely entails, entails this demographic. I do, however, find that use of the term fairly irritating, especially when it's major criticism of a book. I feel like that's what it would be like sitting in a college classroom right now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Trigger no, warning. I don't Trigger use it that warning. way at all. No, it's not. It's about a very specific taste. I tend yeah. to, it's almost snobby. Really, yeah. it's one of those things that you say like, well, not everyone's smart enough to like this. That's right. how I've always taken it because that's how I say it. Because yeah. you're a snob. Well, I am, but more realistically, actually, you know, if I'm not being quite as flippant, it really is that, you know, people have, there are sort of mainstream tastes. And I don't know that that's necessarily white men between 20 and 40. I think that, although that's probably what that mainstream taste is based around. But, you know, there, there's things that people like that not everybody else likes. So I, I think it's more of an idiosyncratic tone, yes, story, yes. feel. It's, it's going to be event for a very specific t- audience and not for, so you know. When Connor and I, you know, are talking about war stories, you know, for everyone. this is very good. But we recognize it's not for everyone. Because if it people was, like war it would sell more than 6,000 copies. Right. Yeah, that's... That is always the way that I look at it. I don't look at it the way that you do, unfortunately. But maybe you know horrible people. <laughs> I know, but I, there's, I mean, in, in, in any media, there's a mainstream audience, right? There's the general audience. That doesn't, sure. You know, like, you know, you watch a film. Most of the films we talk about in the urine show are, are not for everyone because they're smaller you know, films that don't make a lot of money. They're not Avengers, which is for, a film for everyone. A, a, so lot we're, of time, we're not, a lot of time when, when we're talking about things, that when it's not for one of the three of us. Right. You know, like there, there's a lot of stuff I go to see that I know that either either one of you have no interest in, you know, like and, and, and vice versa. You know, like when you guys when you guys start talking about whatever the, the Brotherhood of Men or whatever. The, the Band World of Brothers? War, the World War II things. Whoa! Yeah, like, yeah, it's just like, oh, all right, I'm out. I'll see you later. That doesn't surprise you, does it? No, it doesn't. I'm just, <laughs> no, no, him. I, no, you know. no. I can't get you to watch Master and Commander, and I don't want you to. I did. I watched it years ago. Oh yeah, you watched it with your dad, and you were like, "Yeah, that was." I didn't. Yeah, but it was. You were never invested. It was so boring. It was not boring. It was amazing. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) See, this is the example of not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, and that's so. But you know, it was for everyone in the 1700s. I mean, like one of the good things about the media landscape today is that it seems like pretty much all the industry. People who are making entertainment are recognizing that you're not going to get everyone anymore, so you're able to get more stuff that's catered directly to you. Yep. So, uh, you know, it used to be that, that's, there were three channels, and they were trying to make reason. it for everyone. ER was for everyone. Yeah. yeah. There's no ERs anymore. No, that's, that's called Code Black, and it premieres this fall. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, they haven't given up on trying to get everyone. They just I know, they're, but they're like, there's a new hospital show every two years that's like going to be the next thing, and they all go away. You know, it's t- talking about for everyone. That that just reminds me of. So last weekend, I was at the the D twenty three thing, and um, the the Disney fan conference. Yes, we know. And I, I sat in on the. Uh, there was a panel about uh, the American Experience uh, series of documentaries on PBS. Is good documentaries. 
Yeah, they're great, and they're doing a they're doing a, uh, a six hour two night event of their Walt Disney documentary, and it's all about his life and him as a man and stuff like that. So I went to the panel with the filmmaker, the documentarian filmmaker, as well as some of the people who were in the documentary, like a guy who wrote a book and stuff like that. And they were talking about Disney and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that came up was the the construction of Disneyland and how um, he needed you know he needed money to build the park. And so what they had done was Disney had produced uh, three television specials that aired on multiple networks. And this is in the 50s, so there was three networks. There was ABC, CBC, and NBC, CBS and NBC. And uh, the third of these television specials got a 90% share, <laughs> which means that literally 90% of the American audience with televisions all watched it. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That's crazy. Like, this- no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just- I mean, like, the last time that happened was, like, OJ's car chase. <laughs> God, I remember that night. That's true. Yeah. Like, he had, whatever it was, he was higher rated in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Or since. Well, it was on every channel, too. So that's- Yeah, I know. So, same deal. All right, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to do this next email, or do we want to start wrapping up? What, the- what time is it? <laughs> well, now you have to. <laughs> All right, next email comes from Brian K. on. <laughs> Which made me think. I've been listening to your podcast for the last couple of years. I've noticed that you only focus on books published by Marvel, DC, and Image. Is there a particular reason for that? Why not one book a week from Dark Horse, Boom, or even Black Mask? For example, I think Arcadia is currently one of the best books on the market. It's at least worth a mention. So, what do you think? I like the up talking there, Ron. Thank you. <laughs> well, clearly not. We we talked about an Archie book. We talked about a Fanographics book. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's. It, it, we say it in the intro. We read the book. We we read a books that of our choice. That we want like to read, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's uh, I mean there's so, there are more books than ever that are published. So you can't read everything, you know. I I also um, think that we all go through all that stuff every week. But I think that a lot of the publishers uh, have settled into their lanes. their their lanes and their niches. And I kind we can kind of know. I go through all of those every week. We all do. I assume. Yeah. You know, I look at what Dark Horse has every week. A lot of what they do doesn't interest me. You've dropped yep. off. You used to read a lot of Dark Horse books. I'd, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. And IDW, we don't read anything anymore. It's all IDW licensed is mostly properties. licensed properties, and I haven't really read anything since that G.I. Joe Cobra series that was any good that I wanted to read. But we, we love Rebels out of Dark Horse. We talked about that a lot. Yeah, that's been pick of the week already. Boom, we read Wild's End when that was coming out. Yeah. So for the most part, a lot of I, I check out Boom stuff occasionally. A lot of stuff is not, not, not for me. Yeah, yeah, it's um, not, it's not for listen, me. It's not, listen, they're not for everybody. And uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of books out there. You, we, we always say our our mantra is always read what you like to read. Yeah, yep. don't, don't read anything else you don't want to read. I I tell you, I would like to I would like to read more and get more of it in, but I haven't historically been rewarded by doing that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a lot, I'm like, all right, well, if, if this is a, a lighter week or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of the kinds of books and the kinds of talent that I like have sort of all congealed at image. So it's a yeah. little bit one-stop shopping for that kind of thing. There's a production and there's I don't know like the other books a lot of other books don't seem to live up to it and I you know I don't want to read Adventure Time. I don't want to read Transformers. Yeah. I don't I don't want you know I don't want that. You know we're not talking about outside of Hellboy books. There's a lot of you know Dark Horse is putting out a lot of things and I try them a lot but very few of them have stuck with me. And then we we don't usually come on here and talk about I tried this book, I didn't like it. Right. So, yeah, and it's, it's a rare thing. Like we read when Boom did all those Planet of the Apes books that Gabriel Hardman and Karina Betko wrote. We read those because we liked the creators a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they they settled an image. So yeah. a lot of the stuff people are doing other books are now doing an image. 
and and the thing, and I also unfortunately what I think that suffers from is that like we talked about with the art with art the Archie books you know and, and the uh, Brian mentioned Black Mask and things like that some of it suffers from just sporadic release schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I mean, like at the end, you know, and I, I totally understand that. I've, I've, I've totally understand this. Cause I've seen it from both sides, but as a reader, you and you want to see a book come out on a main regular schedule because, like, how many times you'd be like, oh, I remember, I read that issue months ago, and okay, what, what happened? Like, it's hard to remember what happened and things like that. So, you know, some of the smaller publishers have a, do have a hard time with maintaining a regular release schedule, and, and for me, that's a big thing that that uh, works against them. And they're yeah, not for, it, and they're not for everybody. And you want to. You know, you don't just vote with your dollars, but you vote with your time. Like we've only yeah. got so much time to read. We read a lot of books. I probably read more books now than I ever have. Really? I think so. I was reading way more when we were doing it full time. Well, yeah, but you're yeah, but I think he was reading less than Connor. True. Yeah, I believe what Josh just said. I do believe it. Yeah, I'm reading a lot of comics, and I do think that I'm not. I'd like to have spread them out more, but you know, it doesn't always happen. Interesting question, though. I mean, Lord knows, yeah. I would love to. I would love to sit, just sit down and read everything that comes out because because the, the, the fact of the matter is that like I'm really interested in who the next creators are, and mm-hmm. that's not yes. happening at Image anymore, and that's happening at Boom or at other places. But it's true. When I see but, a new name, I'm like, where did this person come from? Like, right, I don't exactly. know. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is also is that there's so many of them. Yes. Like it, yes. it, it, you know, like it's a it's it's spread way thin now, so it's harder to keep up, and it's just it's just it's the, the ever evolving marketplace. It's true. It's funny that you know, like it does seem like we read a lot of Image, and I would say, well, maybe read, I probably maybe read a third of Image. I mean, there's a no, lot. No, we read of stuff we there. read a lot of Image, but not even a, that doesn't put a dent to what Image is publishing. This is what I'm yeah. getting at. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is what I'm getting at. You know, you know, you have other people who are Marvel fans who are like you guys don't talk about enough Marvel or DC anymore. Yeah, so it's yeah. like. Whatever your point of view is that you're looking for, you can probably support it. You know, we are not unbiased. Yeah. You know, we have tastes. We don't. We can't get to everything. We, you know, we we pick based on what we like. And uh, I'm still talking about it, so obviously it's a sore spot for me. But, yeah. Um, you know, we do our best. There's only so many hours in the day. And and the we don't talk about them thing. That's just not true. What yeah. is Black Mask the Archie one? No, Black Mask is uh, Epitaph one. Epitaph uh, it's backed by Brett Gerwitz from Epitaph. Oh shit. It's the one Matt Rosenberg's uh, book that we can never go home. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was, we just talked, we talked about those, uh, those are, was it Black Hood? Is that what it was? Black Hood, yeah. Black, Black, Black Hood. Books, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are still Archie books at the end of the day. I know, but. So there you go. Email us at contact.ifanboy.com if you want to get in the show or call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOY-326-2697. Tell us who you are, where you're from. Keep it around 30 seconds. A lot of you call in and leave us minutes long voicemails which we can't play on the show. Yeah. So, sorry. Keep it to 30 seconds. 30 we hear seconds. it. We listen, but we can't play a three-minute voicemail on the show. So that's how you get in the show. That's how you can become part of the conversation and really just rile up Josh. <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> you just made a, a mid-30s white man defensive. It's not hard. Uh, we, we, can, we can get there pretty easy. But, uh, <laughs> I'm so, fair. So next week is episode 500. And we discussed before, we're not doing a big show for that because of various family commitments. So episode 501, the following week, will be our live all-email episode. So if you want to get in on that, uh, send us an email at contact.ifanboy.com. Put 501 in the subject line, and that's how we're going to pick those emails out to do on the show. We'll be broadcasting it live, so if you want to find out when and where we'll be doing that, there'll be a post on ifanboy.com with uh, the details a uh, week before. Get ready for the 501st episode of iFanboy, to pick a week podcast. I will Exciting. totally be there for that episode. Well, that's good. <laughs> I didn't want to have to recast you. Yeah, because <laughs> listen, we've we've got a, we've got a, we've got headshots. We've got we've, we've been in talks we, with we people. We engage an agency. Yeah. We're just ready. About, how do you feel about Boom Studios? 
Because <laughs> we got this other guy. <laughs> He's younger, Josh. So you, did, you, did, you did name your son Oliver, so there you go. I don't know what that means. Like Brady I jumped Bunch? the shark? Brady Bunch? Yeah, no, I, I get that. Yeah. I right. put it together. I, I, don't know that, I don't know that that's a direct correlation to what you said. Well, I get uh, where you're going, but I don't know. Well, we're going to replace you with him. That's the thing. So. Oh, yeah. I think I'm difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. We'll talk to him about it next week when we see him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, see how he feels. Maybe we should do the outro, guys. Yeah, how about that, Josh? Sorry, I completely went somewhere else there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> how about, how about, I don't know. I got an idea. How about we end the show? <laughs> Maybe I don't want to. <laughs> if I just don't it's talk. in the show just, hostage. Just That's <laughs> yeah, <power>. exactly. <laughs> you guys can't say anything because next to this part of the script, it says Jay. <laughs> and I know Connor. He's not going to break that rule. Why did you stop it? It said Jay. What was it supposed to do? <laughs> this episode is eight hours long. <laughs> this is a, a podcast filibuster. <laughs> I, I try to take it over, and Connor's like, "No, it says J." Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Gotta follow the we rules. Don't, we don't have rules. There's chaos. <laughs> you can oh. head over to com to comment on this show. You can talk about this week's books, which ones we didn't read. Make suggestions. If you feel like you're not hearing something that you want to be talking about, make suggestions but in those comments. But don't just say the title. Give us, you know, make a case yeah. for the book. You gotta yeah, make I, I, I will gladly commit to trying one new book. There sure. You go. Yeah. I really, I want, I like to do that. But like, yeah. Connor's absolutely right, by the way. If you write no love for blank, I don't care. Yeah. I don't no, make a case. Write in the comments. Suggest a book for each of us and make a case for it. And I, and, and I will commit to, to trying. The last yeah. time we did that, we it was Secret Six, Deadpool, yep. and Lock and Key. How'd that work out for all of us? Did Lock not. And, Lock and Key worked Lock out key well. Did. I think okay, yeah, Lock and Key worked. I have two, trades yeah. one, three, and four of that. The other two, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> you can find all of our podcasts there as well. You can go to uh, facebook.com slash iFanboy and add iFanboy on Twitter to find out what the pick of the week is ahead of time and whatever else we've got going on or, or address us. Uh, should you like to, you can also follow us individually at Jay Flanagan, at CS Kilpatrick, and at Ronixo. Yes. And if you do like the show, if you do like hearing us talk about comic books, please help spread the word. Uh, with an iTunes, you can write a review and you can recommend it and you can give it five stars. And we thank everybody who's done it. We also thank the people who've done it and have been critical. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. Or you Ron can. It's not uh, popular. I know, clearly. Several people not happy with my return. <laughs> it just seems like he doesn't care anymore. Is it just me? Or, uh, no, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, or uh, conversely, tell you know, tell your friends. If your friends like comics, tell them to check out the podcast. Tell the guys at your comic book store. Um, help spread the word. You guys help uh, have helped us grow to this point. We really appreciate it, so please continue it. And uh, thank you very much. So that wraps up for this week. Thanks for listening. I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Josh, and I like all your faces. Except you. No, I like his face too. <laughs> <laughs>